Hello, hello, and welcome back to Organic Gardening for Beginners. My name is Jessica. I am the host and also from the blog Homegrown Food and Flowers. And both podcast and blog are here to help you get going on your first, second, or third garden and beyond so that you can grow your own productive garden, no matter how overwhelmed or experienced you may be. Today, we are jumping back into our monthly check-in of what to do in your September garden. I cannot believe it is September. It feels like the gardening year just started. Uh, But nevertheless, here we are with the mornings getting chilly, the leaves falling off of the trees already, and the fall season firmly in place. So let's figure out what you need to do to keep your garden happy, healthy, and productive. All right, so to start off your September checklist, basically you are fully in the fall season. Your summer garden is still producing, but possibly starting to show some signs of winding down. And if you are lucky enough to not be in that position, then your garden is only focused on still producing as much as it can. We're talking ripening tomatoes, green beans out your ears. Probably you've already harvested your corn by now zucchinis that you are trying to foist off on anybody you can and basil that hopefully has been turned into pesto by now and uh, might also be starting to go to seed which your bees and birds are really going to appreciate if you decide to let some of them continue producing seed instead of cutting them off. Um, I like to do a little mix where I can pinch off the Um, the flower buds to delay that seed production a little bit longer. And then I also try to leave a plant or two to the bees, the birds, the butterflies, whoever wants to come and enjoy those beautiful flowers. And, and the birds will eat all the seeds that you leave behind. None of them will go to waste. So the garden is thriving. Your um, it's possible by now you have started to notice some little white um, powdery dust on some of your plants like zucchinis and zinnias possibly also your cucumbers. This is a very, very common disease to start hitting the garden right around now. It's called powdery mildew, and you've done nothing wrong if you're starting to see this on your plants. It is almost unavoidable in every garden that you're going to see it at the end of the summer, and really it just means your plants are starting to wind down. You can postpone the arrival of powdery mildew, or rather postpone the effects of powdery mildew, by cutting off the affected leaves and tossing them in your garbage. And I know I've mentioned this in a past episode, but I always like to start off where my new listeners can jump in and know exactly what's going on. So if you've heard this before, bear with me. If you're new, hello and welcome to the show. Um, so powdery mildew will slowly kill your plant, um, but there's there are some preventative measures you can take, but really it's an uphill battle and not honestly worth it because it's going to happen no matter what. So long story short, cut off the affected leaves, toss them in the trash if you don't want to risk spreading the fungal spores in your compost and see if that will help delay the spread of the disease. By cutting off the leaves, you're removing the spores, but you're also increasing um, airflow in your plant, the light, or excuse me, the sunlight hitting the plant leaves uh, and all of those things can prevent the spread. So I went way too long on that, sorry. Um, You might be experiencing the same drop in temperatures that I am currently experiencing in my area, um, which I don't say this enough, but I am in zone 8AB. It depends kind of on where you're at in town. Um, I am in Western Oregon. I have lived in, I grew up in Washington and our area was zone 7. 
I've lived in South Carolina, which was solidly a zone 910 because we were almost in Georgia. And then I have also gardened in Southern California for many years, which is also a solid zone 9B. So I have gardened across several zones. Um, and so when I'm talking about what's happening in my garden, I am in zone 8AB, hopefully B, because that means that I have a slightly longer season. Um, and uh, and so, yeah, just to give you a little bit of context, a shout out to all of my zone 3, 4, 5 gardeners. I don't know how you guys do it with the snow that you know is coming just around the corner. I have several friends uh, in those lower zones than... I'll take the rain in, in Oregon. <laughs> All right, back to the episode. So also at this point in the season, you still want to be deadheading regularly, which means taking off your old flowers to postpone that seed production phase of your plant's life. Chances are you've seen lots of pollinator activity all over your flowers, which is awesome for your veggies because that means you're going to get more of a productive vegetable plant, whatever it is, whether it's cucumber, pumpkin, zucchini, tomato, eggplant, okra. Um, but if it is a flower, then that means that your plant is going to slow down its flower production and start focusing on seeds. So if you are trying to eke out the very last amount of blooms that you can get um, in your garden, then go ahead and deadhead those flowers and that will postpone the plant putting its energy towards seed production and possibly get you a few more blooms before the end of the season. Keep your bird feeders uh, or not bird feeders, bird waterers or bird baths with water in them. Uh, because if you're, even though your days and nights might be getting chilly, if you are still not getting a whole lot of natural rainfall, then our bird and bug friends can all benefit from some access to water in the garden. And I was just chatting with a new gardening friend yesterday, and uh, she was asking me how I deal with mosquitoes in the water I put out for the birds. And if this is something that you have had concerns about or you've run into, um, then what I do to get avoid to excuse me to get around this is I just empty out the containers every couple of days, and I'm just using relatively shallow containers, so it's not a pain to empty them out. And it's honestly a good idea to just spray them out anyways to prevent algae buildup um, or from the water from getting too scuzzy. Um, and so that honestly, it takes care of any mosquito larva that may have been about to grow in there. Um, so the birds and the bees and the butterflies and even the cabbage butterflies will all appreciate a little bit of water at this point in the season. If your plants are getting unruly, you can always be pruning to keep them up on their trellis and off the ground. Um, as the rain starts to move in, if you're in an area that gets fall rain, keeping your plants off the ground is particularly important. And this is both for productivity, but also for that fungal disease that I mentioned at the beginning, where as leaves have ground contact with the soil, it makes it a lot easier for soil-borne diseases to jump from the soil to your plant. Uh, this is one reason I like to prune off the bottom leaves of my tomato plants to prevent them from dropping or like bending down to the ground because it increases the chance of diseases like blight or also other types of mildew. And it also, again, increases that airflow. And depending on how overgrown your plants have gotten, it can help open up a little bit of space for the pollinators to get in there. They're pretty wily. They're pretty good at, at getting in there no matter how overgrown it is. But, you know, it's a benefit worth mentioning. 
if you have not yet started your fall garden, you still have a little bit of time depending on where you live and what you're starting with. Um, I am personally doing an experiment this year because it's a new area. I want to really test the limits. And I sowed a whole new round of flower seeds, which aren't typically associated with a fall garden, but I'm pushing the envelope because why not? Um, And so I am, I sowed a bunch of sunflower and zinnia to see how late I can get blooms from them before the frost comes and how much protection a low tunnel over them will help. So I say this because if you haven't planted yet, if you haven't transitioned your garden from summer to fall, still try it. Give it a shot. See what happens. If you can find some seedlings at the stores, which I think I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but it seems start, like it's starting to be more common to find a second round of seedlings at nurseries, big box stores, grocery stores, even to find kale, broccoli, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, all those things that will do really well over the winter. So if you can snag some of those, grab them, toss them in the garden. Um, If you have had plants growing there all summer, then it might be a good idea to put in just a little pinch of an all-purpose garden fertilizer or a handful of worm castings or compost to um, help transition the bed from the summer crop to the fall crop. It's not a a do or die. Um, It's just a a nice to have um, that little bit of, of nourishment for your new plants. And if you can't find those seedlings, then start either sowing into a seed tray that you're going to transplant then into the garden in about a month or start direct sowing into your garden. And you can be direct sowing with your root crops like carrots, radish, beets, lettuce. Uh, Sorry, that's not a root crop, but you can direct sow lettuce, Um, uh, spinach, kale. I love my kale. I feel like I mentioned kale every single episode. Um... And uh, sorry, there are a lot of things that you can still direct sow, even if you can't find seedlings, and even if you don't want to commit to starting the seeds, you know, separately in a tray. Uh, So you still have tons of options available. And those flowers, if you want to try to and see what you can can plant, there are varieties like single stem sunflowers, such as Procut, the Procut series, uh, Procut Gold, Procut White. Um, There's even one one I've got going right now called Big Smile, and both of those have 50 to 60 days to maturity. So I am going to cross my fingers and hope I get some blooms out of them. Um, And the zinnias, I'm pushing the envelope a little bit on because those are 75 to 90 days. So we'll see, but lots out there. You can even start some nasturtium and calendula still, and those ones should be able to tolerate a light frost to kind of give you a little bit more time uh, to try to get those blooms. Everything is going to start to grow slower now, no matter if it's cold tolerant or not, because the days are starting to get shorter. Uh, We've got the fall equinox coming up in a few weeks, and that will um, officially mark our turn into fall. But if you're anything like me, you've already noticed that the sun is getting up just a little bit later in the morning. uh, And so your plants are also going to notice that as well. And once your days hit 10 hours or less of daylight, then... that's when your plants will most likely tip over into dormancy because they need more than 10 hours a day to actively be growing. And don't forget about herbs. I often forget to mention herbs. Herbs can still do well in the fall garden. Again, if you're finding seedlings, then you've got lots of time to harvest off of them. Think about what you want for your fall cooking, like your Thanksgiving meal. If you want to throw in some sage or thyme or rosemary, those are all excellent herbs to use for the fall. 
Um, I also have some basil seedlings coming up right now and some cilantro that has yet to sprout. Uh, Those are all eligible herbs for the fall season. You can still probably find some mint, lemon balm, catnip. All of these are either good for teas or for letting bloom for your pollinator population, especially mint. I always have a ton of bees all over my mint plants. And just, you know what, even I saw a lemongrass seedling the other day, and I got it because I thought, well, let's see what happens. So push the envelope, see what you can grow, see how long you can stretch your season and see what September can produce for you. All right, on the flip side of that, this might also be the time to start thinking about how you're going to deal with your plants once they're dead. And this is something we're going to jump into a lot more in, um, I believe it's two weeks from now of your garden cleanup and how it might not be the best thing to take everything out of your garden and how there is a ton of benefit to be had by leaving behind dead plants or still uh, plants that are still producing seeds and what that can mean for your soil next year. So I'm not going to go into too much detail right now, but If you were planning on pulling out your plants as they start to slow down their production, I would ask you to hold on, wait for that next episode to come out, and maybe you will decide to save yourself some work and leave a lot of your garden behind this fall instead. And if you want to avoid some dead plants uh, that are dying, either because the days are getting too cold or you have an early frost in September, depending on, you know, where you're growing and, and what your weather does then this is a great month to start putting in some season extension infrastructure. And by that, I mean getting some lengths of PVC pipe from, you know, your big box like Home Depot or your local hardware store and setting those up over the beds so that they're ready to go if and when you need them. So these are the low tunnels that I've mentioned in previous episodes that if you are following your weather, whether it's this month in September or next month, and you notice that there's going to be a big drop in temperature that you want to try to protect your plants from, then getting the the hoop part of the low tunnel up now means obviously that it's going to be a lot easier to go out there and throw some plastic up over your plants when that temperature drop happens. And the the low tunnel is nice because it keeps moisture off of your plant leaves, you know, say from rainfall or dew. And then if the on that same night when there's moisture, if the temperature drops to freeze, that's what is harmful to your plants. It's not necessarily the cold temperature, it's by itself. It's the moisture on your plant that freezes and it can cut the cell walls within the leaves so that the plant can no longer function to photosynthesize and create energy for itself and whatnot. So um, that's what the low tunnel does. It keeps the, the damaging frost off of your plants. It'll warm the temperature a smidgen, but really not too much because it's not a full-fledged greenhouse, but it can help. And then as a side benefit of that infrastructure that you're putting up now, if you happen to be in an area where you are still going through a late uh, heat wave, then you can just as easily throw, throw, sorry, tripped over my tongue there, throw over some shade cloth to provide a little bit of shade, obviously, for your plants that will drop the temperature enough to hopefully prevent something like sun scald or bolting of your um, of any greens that you have managed to get through the summer 
because it will block some of the sunlight. So those hoops, whether you make them from PVC or wire or some other structure like a, a cold frame out of wood, uh, it can be very adaptable to either heating or cooling your garden bed and trying to get as much life and productivity as your plants out of your plants as possible. Man, I can't talk today. Sorry for all these stumbles. Some other projects you might want to start tackling this fall in September are building something like a compost pile. Maybe it's time to start experimenting with worm composting, or you could start putting up some birdhouses that your bird friends can be using over the, the colder season, the ones that aren't migrating. And, uh, and hopefully they'll keep that in mind for next spring when it's time to build nests. It's a little early, but just to plant the seed of an idea, you could even think about what you want to do to bring your garden indoors this winter. And this is something that I have planned for an upcoming episode of ways to keep your garden going even after the season has ended. So whether that's something like sprouts or microgreens or forcing flower bulbs like tulips and daffodils and paper whites, there are tons of ways to bring the garden inside, even mushrooms. My husband likes to grow culinary mushrooms. Oyster mushrooms are his favorite so far. And that can be a nice little stopgap in this off season or the upcoming off season, I should say where you might not have what one would call a traditional garden of, you know, your summer, your spring, summer crops, but you are still growing some food for yourself inside, some herbs, um, and potentially even some flowers. So something to think about. September's, you know, you still have time outside, but just to lay the foundation of an idea. If learning how to extend your season from your traditional summer garden into your indoor winter garden is something that appeals to you, then I have something that I am super excited to share. And that is a wait list that I have on my website, homegrownfoodandflowers.com, that is for a seed subscription box. And what this is, is like a curated and guided gardening year where you get monthly supplies of garden seeds that are seasonally appropriate. So you'll get your cold season crops in the spring and the fall. You'll get your summer crops like your zinnias and sunflowers in the summertime. And you will also get several different ways to bring your garden indoors. So in addition to those seeds, you will also get uh, specific video tutorials for each type of seed that you're getting. There will be monthly Zoom calls where you can ask questions, you can chat with other gardeners in your zones, you can show off something that you're really proud of, and I'll be right there with you gardening alongside. And you will also get all the materials that you need to start whatever seeds you get that uh, in that box, whether that is seed starting equipment or for growing sprouts indoors or for forcing flower bulbs, everything will be provided to you. So that way you don't have any middle steps to find other equipment. And if you are like me and you are a very busy stay at home mom, then it's a great way to avoid forgetting the seeds that you need to buy to be on track with your season and avoid that oh so common circumstance of, oh yeah, I need to buy these seeds. And then a week goes by and you haven't bought them. And then you finally do. And by the time you get them and you actually plant them, you wish you had planted them three weeks ago. So this seed subscription will take out that middle frustration step of feeling like you are behind and struggling to get the garden in on time. So 
waitlist and all of the details are on the site. And it's something that I will be chatting about over the next few weeks. It is launching in October, shipping in November, and it is something that I am so, so excited to share with you and be chatting about over these next few weeks. With that, I am wrapping up this episode. I hope your September garden continues to flourish. You continue to get all your harvest that your hard work this spring and summer are paying off and that you find time to get out there in the garden and as always, just sit, enjoy, observe, put your feet in the grass, put your hands in the dirt and just enjoy your time out there. Find that joy in the garden that makes it all worth it. Even when you're dealing with Japanese beetles or your cucumbers have turned bitter or your zinnias are succumbing to that powdery mildew. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.